Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Will Ryan Fitzpatrick be the Bucks quarterback by, I don't know, Halloween? And what is the future of Jameis Winston when he returns after Monday night? Would you trade Blake Snell's future for what David Price has already accomplished? And who ultimately will be the Rays' greatest pitcher? We break down the Bucks, the Rays, some college football, and a little Tony Dungy going into the ring of honor with Tom Jones of the Tampa Bay Times on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick. Before we get started on this podcast, I want to tell you about our sponsor, May Electric Solar. Listen, if you're like me, you're sick and tired of paying high electric bills. My last electric bill was over $300. That's insane. But if you want to save 90 to 95% off your electric bills, listen to me now. May Electric Solar. It's a locally owned company. May Electric Solar is the safest solar available. It does not use high voltage like many other companies. And May Electric Solar has a 25-year warranty on all equipment and labor. May Electric Solar also uses only their employees, no subcontractors ever, and they have a full showroom to see their products, and they're open on weekdays. Stop the insanity of out-of-control electric bills. Start saving 90 to 95% now. Call May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. Right now, you can also receive a 30% tax credit by changing the solar energy through 2019. Call May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. Tom Jones joins us now, and Tom, Ryan Fitzpatrick, yes or no, he's going to be the Bucks quarterback past Halloween. Past Halloween? Wow, I thought you were going to say week four. Past Halloween, no. He will not be the Bucks quarterback past Halloween. I think Jameis oh, Winston, Jameis Winston will get his job back, don't you think? I mean, I, I heard you, by the way, I heard you on Trey and Wingo this morning, or whatever that... Wingo what? and Golic, Trey and Golic, Wingo How did and Golic. I get on there? Oh, well, I guess ESPN. you went on with you went on with Sarah Spain, right? The other day, uh, it was, who, Fitz, who was and, it? Fitz and one of those guys. Fitz and the tantrums or whatever. Jason you were on Fitz, the, Jason Fitz, I think. So anyway, they picked up your audio from that. Really? And put it on, yeah, and put it on. Uh, I so I watched it this morning or uh, Wednesday morning on um, on Golic and Wingo, but. Oh. Uh, and I, if I remember what you said, I think I'm going to uh, parrot what you said, which is, look, they got too much invested in Jameis Winston, and eventually, I think he gets his job back. Now, I'm not, I'm not advocating that he gets it back as soon as the Chicago game, as soon as he's eligible to come back. I just think what's going to end up happening here, Rick, is that I eventually Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick will run into a wall at some point. He's got to become Ryan Fitzpatrick again, right? I mean, there's a reason why he's 36 years old or whatever he is, and he's on his 
eighth or ninth team, and he's not a regular starting quarterback anymore. I'm not taking anything away from what he's done. I don't know. Maybe it's one of those dream seasons. Maybe it's a, a miracle year like Kurt Warner had back in the day when nobody thought he was any good. But um, I don't know. I just get the sense that they're not going to go undefeated, and he's going to have a, a bad game at some point. And I think eventually – I still think Jameis Winston's the better quarterback of the two. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, he's won back-to-back NFC Offensive Player of the Week awards. That's never happened with the Bucks. He's thrown for 4, 400 yards, 4,000 just about, 400 <laughs> yards back-to-back weeks with four touchdowns. That's never happened before. He's not only playing at a at a level that Ryan Fitzpatrick has never attained, he's playing at a level that no one in football has attained in quite some time, if at all, uh, on some of these numbers. Now, what I would ask what, – what, what I'm not sure about is – what are the Bucks waiting for? Are they are they waiting for the shoe to drop? Are they waiting for him to have a bad game? Are they waiting for them to lose? I mean, it's kind of a weird thing that, you know, you have you have Jameis Winston coming back. And, I mean, they get to build an excuse of short week, which isn't really a short week, by the way, because they practice the same number of days. It's just you don't have the day off. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, it's what's short about it, you know? Jameis yeah. has been off for three weeks. It's not like he needs rest. So – um, he'll get, you know, there's the same number of practices, but nonetheless, they'll take that mulligan, I think, regardless of what happens in Pittsburgh, unless he's against Pittsburgh, unless he's just terrible. But, but after that, like what, what are they waiting for? Are they waiting to actually lose a game? Are they waiting? Like, you know what? As soon as he loses, you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of a weird strategy. I mean, I'm just, you know, the, the thing that I've said, I don't know how you feel about this, but the thing I've kind of said is. You know, most teams and, – and look, I get riding the wave. I mean, everybody right. is all in on Fitzpatrick. But you know how fan bases are. And you also know that, you know, they're on to the next toy, right? Sure. Uh, and, and they're going to – you know, they're wearing the beards in the stadium. And, you know, he's got the whole Conor McGregor get up. And, you know, he's on every every television station. And before you know it, um, everybody's all in with Fitz. I know some fans that don't want to see – and they were Jameis guys – don't want to see Jameis Winston again. Well, you, here the Bucks are in a weird situation for a couple of extra reasons here, Rick. There's there's a couple of uh, you know a couple of wrinkles in this whole thing that that make it not an easy choice. And one of them is obviously Jason Jameis Winston's contracts up. You're going to have to make a right. decision at some point on him. The other part is if this were say the Green Bay Packers, if this mm-hmm. or if this were the Pittsburgh Steelers, where you have a coach and a GM who were secure. And yes. we're going to be here no matter what happened this year. Yes, like Mike Tom, you. Mike Tomlin can go. Well, I don't know. Mike Tomlin's feeling a little bit of heat in Pittsburgh <laughs> these days. But like, if you yeah. take, if you take, uh, if uh, Doug Mike Peter, Zimmer, if, if, yeah, Doug yeah Mike Zimmer or or Sean Payton, if Sean, yeah. if the New Orleans Saints go six and ten this year, Sean Payton's not going to lose his job. Yeah. If the Bucks go six and ten, Dirk Cutter's going to probably lose his job, and so yeah. will Jason Light maybe. And yeah. so you have you're like they're winning. They want to win Sunday. That's that or Monday. That's that's their immediate goal is to win this week. It, it's a now league for those guys. Sure. Whereas you know the owners and maybe Jason Light to a certain extent is trying to think beyond this year. So that that adds a little bit of a wrinkle to all this. Now let me ask you this, Rick, and and you know, I think you probably have a better feel of this than I do. There seems to be like this: the Bucks have to make a decision here pretty soon on whether it's Fitzpatrick or Winston. Do you think they've already decided whether or not? Jameis Winston is going to be their quarterback beyond this season. Have they have they oh. seen enough from him to determine yes. whether or not he's he's the guy of the future? I absolutely, uh, I absolutely know that they've decided that he's their quarterback, and that that they love. I keep saying this: that people don't understand when I use the word love. Jason Light and others love 
love Jameis Winston. And I think that they're all in. So this is what's so bizarre about this year. I mean, what other team and, – and I know he was suspended, and maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe there's something about earning your way back. Maybe there's something about, hey, look, you're not playing because you did something and, and the train kept moving. And you've been replaced, and the guy that's playing your job is playing great, and we're not taking him out, so deal with it. You know what I mean? Could even you, though, could even they though go you to know you're Could his, they go to Jameis? Could they go to Jameis and say, look, Jameis, you're our quarterback of the future. I think they a have from, to. You're a year from now you're going to be starting, but right now – Ryan Fitzpatrick, and and maybe even say to him, say, look, we're not waiting for him to lose a game. Like, if he loses a game, we're still going to give him another chance after that, too. Right now, Ryan Fitzpatrick's our starting, starting quarterback. I, I think it, mm, it would be an interesting— say that. I don't think you could say that. Really? I think you could I think you could say that we're playing the guy that's really hot right now that's won games while you were doing whatever the hell you did while you were off for three weeks. I think they can say, you know, we've, we're off to a great start because of our quarterback— we're not taking him out until he starts playing badly. Right. And but then, I think it would then, take more than one game of playing badly that, for him to lose well, his job. Well, Pittsburgh, yeah. Like, well, it depends on what to define badly. Like, you know, well, say they go out, say they go out against Pittsburgh and he, yeah, say he throws like two or three picks and yeah. they lose 27, you know, 14, and they, mm-hmm. he throw, you know, he's like 15 of 30, 15 to yeah. 31 yeah. for 128 yards or something. Yeah. Like can I mean, he would lose his job for that or over that? I, I don't know that. I, mean, I, I kind of think they're locked into Chicago at this point, just yeah. because of the way he played the first two weeks. And unless there's just like this enormous drop off where he just like he just you know just blew it, like he's got the yips. Right. But he'll play well enough, even if they lose to to earn Chicago again. And and part of it is they'll talk themselves into saying, you know, if we play Jameis Sunday there will have been like 37 days between times that he's actually been in a game and we've given him like two or three practices, you right. know? So they'll, they'll talk themselves into saying, you know, it's not really fair to him. Um, and they'll tell him that and they'll say, you know, our team is rolling. We're going to stick with, we're going to, and then, and then we'll reassess it after the, you know, after the bye week when they go to Atlanta. Right. So that gives Jameis a week to practice this week, a week to practice during the bye week, which isn't a lot of practices. It's usually one or two. And quite frankly, um, you know, what's ironic is you want him to get his timing back, you know, with guys like Deshaun and Evans. They won't – typically those guys don't practice during a bye week. You know, typically you give the Freddie Martinos and all those other guys all the reps and you start saving your, you know, your receiver's legs. Right. Um, and anyone that's the slightest bit, bit nicked up doesn't practice. So – but they'll, I think they'll say here's two weeks of practice and then, and then reassess based on what the record is, based on how Fitzpatrick is playing. But there's got to come a point where the fans – turn you know what I mean like where yeah I mean you know how this is Tom I mean whenever he goes in for whatever reason unless Fitz is just god-awful okay right as Fran right. Tarkenton once said about Josh <laughs> Fran unless he's god-awful whenever whenever Jameis goes in and he misses a ball down the field to Deshaun or he throws a couple of picks uh or he turns into early Jameis Winston and they lose uh, but just imagine that scene during the game. What are the fans screaming with Fitzpatrick on the sideline? Absolutely, and that's why I think the worst. Now case you scenario, got a problem. Yeah, the worst case scenario for the Bucks is to pull Fitzpatrick before, before he deserves to be pulled, and put Winston in there, and then Winston doesn't play well. Well, and then uh, or and, and the greater and the greater concern isn't what the fans are saying. The greater concern is what's Deshaun Jackson saying. Or what's right. Mike Evans saying? I, you know, Mike right. Evans and, and I mean Deshaun clearly has a connection with Ryan Fitzpatrick. They do. Yes. yes. And 
But you can, I don't think you can get into a, a situation where Fitzpatrick's playing pretty well, but we're, uh, we're going to go with Winston, and then you put Winston in there, and then he doesn't play well. Now you're like, okay, what do we do next week? And Dirk Cutter does want to be standing up there every week uh, being asked, so who's starting Sunday? You know. But that's kind of where they put themselves. And the reason is, the reason is this, that, you know, they didn't make it clear, like some teams would, that our starter, when he comes back, is our starter. They're not right. even doing it now. They won't do it this week. I'll t- I'm telling you what, depending on what, how they, how, you know, assuming he plays okay, and regardless of what happens, they could, if they lost the next two games, I could see them easily saying, hey, you know, we're going back to our starter, you know, Jameis has always been our guy. But they're not saying that. They won't say it this week. They probably won't say it after the Chicago game. They're going to be asked this question every day, sure. right? Every single day until they make a change or don't make a change. But the longer it goes, it, they have, you know, because of the way Fitzpatrick has played, they've got themselves a quarterback controversy. And I don't think it's so much in the building. I think everyone in there knows that. Jameis is the future, and, and, you know, what are your alternatives if you throw him away? Fitzpatrick's 35. You're going to sign him to a long-term deal. He becomes a bridge quarterback to your next young guy. And so you're like every other team looking for a franchise quarterback. And Winston goes on with all this training and all the experience you gave him and all the resources you spent on him, and he continues his career somewhere somewhere else. So it's a funny – it's really a funny thing where – Well, it's it's turned funny because no one – and I don't care what anybody says. The Bucs can sit there and say all they want. No one saw this coming. No one saw Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing for 800 yards and and eight touchdowns in the first two weeks. And and not only throwing eight touchdowns, but throwing touchdowns of 75 yards, 75 yards, 58 yards, 52 – like no one – I mean, it looks like the greatest show on turf. It really does. No one – could have anticipated, which is why they're smart to say we don't know who our quarterback's going to be a month from now. But I, I do think Rick that Winston will be the quarterback eventually, and it'll be obvious that it should be Winston. I, I think we'll get to there will be a game or there will be moments where you look and say, okay, the magic has run its course. It's time to go back to the other guy and yeah. and move on from 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 Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I kind of think they're thinking that too. You know, they're just going to ride it for as long as he's hot and when he war- when he cools down and becomes, you know, the 35-year-old backup, then that's that's when it'll happen. But just one other wrinkle to this, Rick, uh, and I don't know, maybe maybe I'm certainly not going to speak for Jameis Winston, but there's almost a part of me you wonder if it would be better for his his career if Ryan Fitzpatrick just played lights out the rest of the year and Jameis ended up somewhere else. Like for Jameis's sake, like maybe he needs to a fresh start somewhere else. Now, look, he's got the back in the organization. I think a lot of fans have his back. But it would be a fresh start. I mean, the civil suit comes out on Tuesday, and it sort of drags the whole thing up again. I don't know that that ever goes away with him here. You know, there's always that stain, just like it is in Pittsburgh. with Ben. I know a lot of Steelers fans who don't like Ben Roethlisberger because of all this stuff. Well, you I'm just glad you if- mentioned Ben, though. Like, there was a time when the, the that the Pittsburgh Steelers actually called teams about trading him after, you know, he was suspended yeah. for those four games, um, six games reduced to four games back in 2010. And they wound up keeping him, and they wound up going to a Super Bowl, right? Um, right. And, you know, even though there's still probably some people there that aren't real big Roethlisberger guys in terms of maybe off the field, but he turned his life around. You yeah. know, he's got married, got kids, all that. And, and you know, I'm sure the Steelers are very grateful that they hung on to him. So that's a that's a lesson. Like, you know, what if what if Pittsburgh had quit on Ben Roethlisberger? Yeah, no, it's it's a legitimate question. And it's a uh, 
I, I do think there are some people who don't like the fact that he's there, and I think there will always be Buck fans who don't like Jameis Winston. Absolutely. Uh, but I, I think the majority do like him and support him. And But not right and, now. Not this well. And, again, that's that's the other another part of this is that, boy, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I thought Martin Finley had a really good point in a column the other day, and maybe Jameis can pick up something from this. Is You know, with Fitzpatrick, I, I realize everything's going great, so it's easy to be Mr. Cool, and you come out there dressed like Deshaun Jackson, and that was all sure. funny and everything. But there's a calmness about Ryan mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick. And Jameis, like, you start to think about, you know, the eating the W's and all these, you know, acting like Ray Lewis before games and screaming pregame speeches. Like, everything just seems, like, monumental with Jameis. Like, every game is life and death. Every game, you know. Maybe he gets too amped sometimes. It's and maybe he's taking a lesson. Hopefully, if you're if you're a Bucks fan, that he can look at Ryan Fitzpatrick and say, "All right, maybe you don't have to be you know at at level ten all at all times. Maybe you know cool and calm is is not a bad way to be sometimes." Well, and you started to see that in the preseason when they told him to lead from behind, and he wasn't as animated. He wasn't yeah, as right. you know. I mean, behind and the scenes, I thought he, he played was well. the same guy. And I thought he played better. Yeah, I really did. did. I thought, right. I th- but but you know what Ryan Fitzpatrick has that he can't give Jameis Winston? That's you know, fourteen years of experience. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think that I think his heartbeat has slowed down. I mean, he talked about it on Dan Patrick the other day about how, you know, you go out there at this stage of your career, and he still has the physical tools or some of them anyway, because um, he hasn't been a full time starter. He's started over a hundred and I don't know twenty games. Right. But you go out there and you know everything. You know the answers to the test. And it's a lot more calming, you know. But if you – Sean Sp- Salisbury was on one time. You remember him. Um, yeah. I heard him on the radio the other day, and he was talking about Fitzpatrick, and he said, watch how quiet he is. Watch how calm he is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like watch watch him like barely make, you know, any wasted movements at all. You know, like he's just chewing gum. Sure. You know, you can tell – how relaxed he is, and and by by watching and Tom Brady's like that at times, you know what I mean? Right. Like if you watch these guys that have played a really really long time that are so good at their craft, they're not, you know, the the clock can the clock can run down to one before they snap, and it doesn't seem to phase them. You know, they they just they just know what they're doing. And I think that's what we're seeing with Fitzpatrick, and unfortunately for you know, I think he's got a number of years now, but you know, Jameis isn't quite at that level yet. But are we are we to think too that Jameis wouldn't be ripping it with these receivers right now the way they're constituted with these, you know, the the two veterans and then the two ascending guys and O.J. Howard and Chris Godwin? I mean, I I tend to think that he could do a lot of these same things. But I I do too, and especially with the protection that Ryan Fitzpatrick right. has been getting these these first two games. I'll tell you another thing that's happened here too. Ryan Fitzpatrick just bought himself like two more years in the league too if he wants it. Yeah, maybe he did. with this maybe with this organization. In fact, yeah, he did. Yeah, he might have. Uh, the Bucks play uh, the Steelers on Monday night. That's going to be a big event. Um, what a train wreck the Steelers are right now. Holy yeah, mackerel. Um, um, <laughs> your man, my boy, Mike Tomlin. I know you're a big Tomlin fan for whatever reason. I, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about like it's funny. Like Pittsburghers don't know how to feel about Tomlin. I talk, some of my buddies back in Pittsburgh are like, they hate Tomlin. Other guys really? like he wins. He wins ten games every year. And if it hadn't been for the Patriots, they might have two or three Super Bowls right now. That's so true. That's so true. Um, they're kind of a train wreck right now. I mean, I think the yeah, other part of this story is is that they have caught these teams sort of at the perfect time, right? I mean, New Orleans, I thought, would be their hardest game, and it turns out I think it has been in a, in a sense. Um, you know, 48-40, they didn't have Mark Ingram. It was opening day. New Orleans traditionally stinks early in September at home. 
Then they play the, the Eagles, and they're missing about 20 players, um, including their quarterback, Carson Wentz. And now they're going to play the Steelers without Le'Veon Bell. And, and who knows? Maybe Antonio Brown might be not. not well, the three, the three, the killer bees. I mean, you got yeah. no no Bell. Who knows where Antonio Brown's head is? And Ben Roethlisberger's beat up. He's always yeah. beat up at this point. And, but, yeah, as you've told me a million times, though, Rick, it's it, – you could look at it and say, well, they caught this team at the right time and they caught that team at the right time. It doesn't matter, man. I mean, no, it's it does. in the Heck National no. Football League, I, we could sit here and I'll tell you right now, the New England Patriots are the greatest franchise that in my lifetime in the National mm-hmm. Football League. Yep. And yet you could also make, well, they played in a crappy division. And they have. They've played in one of the worst divisions in football for the last 20 years. The Dolphins and the Jets and the Bills AFC have all stunk. Yeah. Who cares? It doesn't matter. It, right. At the end of the day, I don't. I can't tell you which games they won against those teams nope, and nobody who they remembers. beat on what week. It doesn't matter. And and right. give give Bucks the credit for winning these games against teams that may or may not be down. I don't know. Who do you like in this game? Do you think the Steelers? I like the Bucks. Back? No, I like the Bucks. I like the Bucks in this game. Uh, the Steelers are giving up points left and right. I they mean, are, it's yeah. not it's not their it's not their offense. It's hurting it's oddly defense, enough. Yeah. yeah, it's their defense. They gave up six touchdown passes to. The one guy in football who's maybe having a better season than Ryan Fitzpatrick and Pat Mahomes, but he, uh, he threw six touchdowns against that defense the other day. I look at this Bucks offense. There's no reason why, in, unless the weather gets crazy on Monday night, that they can't continue to, to throw the ball all over the field. I'm looking at these weapons, Rick, and we could sit there and talk about, you know, uh, they caught this team at the right time or that team at the right time. If you look back at these plays that they're hitting – Deshaun Jackson and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and O.J. Howard. None of this seems fluky to me. It's not like Ryan right. Fitzpatrick's throwing up 50-50 ball, balls and they're bouncing off people's hands. Like These sure. guys are running wide open, and he's hitting mm-hmm. them in stride. He's making throws that any quarterback should be able to make. And I, to me, this is, this is just their offense. It's really that good. Their skilled players are that good. Yeah. Well, Derek Cutter's always been a guy that wants to throw the ball down the field, big plays in the passing game down the field. So he's got the guys that can do it. He's spreading them out, and they're doing it. Tony Dungy goes into the ring of honor, and um, he's already in the Colts ring of honor. Of course, he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame as well. I mean, what – you know, the, the whole thing about Dungy, it ended badly here in Tampa. We remember that that brought him John Gruden and the whole Bill Parcells things and, and, and that sort of thing. But – Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. What do you make of Dungy and just where where he sits among among coaches these days? And and you know he's he's one of these guys that's gone on to be a broadcaster. I'd, I'd like to get your thoughts about him on NBC too. And you, just in general, I mean, is he is he always going to be? Do you think he'll be the most beloved former coach of the Bucks, or will that belong to Gruden's because he won the hardware? I think. Well, I I still always give it to Gruden because he won the Super Bowl. I mean, ultimately, I don't sure. care. You say, oh, he won with Dungy's players. He won. He, Dungy yep. didn't win at all with Dungy's players, but right. Gruden did. But if you're asking me, if you're if you're a if you're the Bucks organization, who are you looking at back most proud? Like, who are you most proud to to have been associated with? The answer is Tony Dungy. I mean, he's 
And a lot of that factors in off the field. I'm not saying John Gruden's a bad guy off the field. I'm just saying right. Tony Dungy is an exceptional human being off the mm. field. Now, look, I don't always agree with some of the things that, that Tony says. Um, and he say, he's, you know, he's made some comments in the past about, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure how, how he feels about some of the political things and anthems and all that stuff. But I, I do know that he is a sincere, and you know him better than I do, Rick. He's a sincere individual who's, who, uh, who is, has very strong faith. Um, has lived through some very difficult times in his life. Had lost um, a child, James. Lost a child. I mean, I can't. Is there anything more devastating no. than that? No, there's and, not. And and he's come out on the other side, like full of grace and class, and just a like I said, a, an exceptional human being. And to be, a, if you're the Bucks, to be associated with that, I think is is something they'll always be proud of, and and they should be because, and Rick, you were here. Um. When when he like you knew how bad this organization was before he got here, and I realized they drafted and they they had some good things going to draft, but as a it dumpster wasn't, fire. Well, it was, and not only that though, Rick. Like he he brought everybody says, well, uh, I mean, he brought in some guys, and I, I don't want to get in trouble by saying this, but they weren't all choir boys that he no. brought in here, you know, and. No. Well, some and, were already here. He re- like Warren Sapp was here. Yeah, but he related yeah. to all of them. Have you ever met a player? Who didn't respect Tony? No, Dungeon, I have not. Mm-mm. You know, so yeah. That's, no, I, that's his I think season. I don't think people understand just the job that that was done in terms of. And I've asked him this. I said, you know, what was what was more of an accomplishment? You know, uh, winning all those games in Indianapolis and eventually a Super Bowl, or what you did here? And he goes, oh, by far my best coaching was done in Tampa, um, because of everything, including the trailer park that they had to play in, you know, and practice in. I mean. People don't recognize, you know, today it's, 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 you know, taken for granted that they have this, you know, palatial facility and everything. But, I mean, literally a trailer park uh, off runway 36 right, you right. know, that's now just a patch of grass. And, um, and they, from that woodshed, and, and Gruden, Gruden, you know, coached there as well. Let's not get it twisted. He coached most of his career there before they built the facility. Um, but, um, you know, just, I mean – absolutely rose from the ashes so to speak with this franchise and and then made them you know made them a winning team so yeah it'll be good to see coach I think there'll be a lot of players I know I know he's beloved um in this area and uh it should be should be a good night so I think the Bucks have done the right thing in in trying to honor him on a Monday night of course he works on Sunday night so that would have been hard but uh, he's able to do that but it's cool the Steelers are in town you know and that's oh it's perfect yeah that's that's learn to trade and all that yeah yeah, Chuck Knoll and the whole thing. That was his first, you know, his first real coaching gig. And um, a lot of the stuff he brought the Tampa to was actually Chuck Knoll's, you know, cover two defense and all that. So, um, yeah, it's, it, you know, and, and also, you know, I talked to Mike Tomlin today about it, and he's he's pretty excited that he's going to be in town. It's not an accident that they picked the Pittsburgh game. Um, but, you know, w- with what Mike Tomlin – and that's the other part of his legacy. If you look at the coaches Tony Dungy hired, um, you know, even the assistants from Monty Kiffin, Rod Marinelli became a head coach. Herm Edwards became a head coach. You know, obviously Mike Tomlin became a head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- there's been so many, um, Lovey Smith, so yeah. many guys that he identified him and Monty on those staffs, early staffs. And then, and then even the guys they replaced him with, you know, I mean, Lovey Smith leaves and, you know, um, they, they bring in, they bring in other people that can become head coaches as well, or Herm Edwards. And then they get Mike Tomlin. So, um, yeah, I think his, his coaching tree, especially with African-American coaches that, that just weren't getting hired at the time, which is why Tony had such trouble, 
um, you know, I think that's that's sort of a legacy too. So it'll be neat that uh, Tomlin's there. Just real quick too, you asked about his broadcasting part, and yeah. and I think he's a fabulous broadcaster. He's one of those guys, and look, there are a lot of guys out there who you can just tell are full of hot air, and sometimes they they say things that that aren't. Uh, you, you you listen to him talks like that doesn't even make sense. Tony Dungy's one of those guys that no matter what he says, I'm like, yep, that's right. There, or if I don't know, I'm like, I believe him. You know, he's he 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 is uh, he he's partly he's the conscience of the NFL. I get that, and but he has such a good grasp on today's player. Uh, I think he kept he keeps he keeps himself pretty close to the game. Still, he doesn't feel like he's out of touch with the game. He's actually one of those guys, Rick. I don't know if he'll if he ever will. I think if he if he chose to come back. I think he'd be a great coach again. I don't think he would have any problem at all coming back. And well, coaching. I mean, look, he's got ten kids from from <laughs> in, from from really young to to adults, so he should be able to relate to every age because they they live in his <laughs> house. Him, yeah. yeah, right about now. But I think he's a, he's a great broadcaster, really good. Yeah, well, it'll be good to see, Coach. Uh, finally, um, I just wanted to hit on the Rays a minute. Blake Snell, best year of a uh, potentially the best year of a race pitcher that that we've ever seen would you be would you bet that he's going to be a better pitcher than david price in his career yes. right now yes i think really? so i think he will be i do i do and and it's um i just his stuff is so good not not that, not that david price's isn't but he's so relaxed you know remember he struggled a couple of years ago and there was this sense of uh, what's wrong with um you know, what's wrong with Blake Snell? Is he ever going to get there? I had a long talk with Jim Hickey when he was the pitching coach here. And I, I think Blake was going through some, uh, you know, he was still learning how to, he was still learning how to, to be a professional baseball player. He was still a kid, you know? And yeah, yeah. I think, you know, there were, there was some, you know, stuff off the field in terms of just like, just girlfriend through, relationships, yeah, girlfriend all and stuff that. For relationships, like, and he was a, whatever, night 20, 21 years old. Like, yeah, I think. Yeah. What we were like when we were twenty and twenty one, we were goofy kids, and I think Blake Snell was a goofy kid, and and now I think he's grown up, and now he's now he's concentrating on baseball, and and um, I just look at his stuff, Rick. Like every time out, he's just a dominant pitcher. This is I rem- I don't like years ago. Remember now, and I I know he doesn't he doesn't have the same type of stuff as Ron Gidry, but remember that one year Ron Gidry went like twenty five mm-hmm. and three, and every time out, like this is a win. It's gotten to the point now where every time Blake Snell takes them on, it's like they're going to win this game. They're, they're And not only do they win, Tom, nobody scores any damn runs. They don't even come close to giving up runs. I mean, and it's, it's, and it's zero after zero on with this guy. Right. Every And so when you're always pitching with the lead, when your right. team's always out there, they don't feel like they have to go out and start scoring runs immediately. When they do score some runs, he has that that shutdown inning right back. Every, well, every inning's a shutdown inning for him, for him these days. He's gonna. I, I expect him to win his next two. He's going to end up with 22 wins. He'll win the sure. Cy Young if he's if his ERA is under two and he and he's got he's the first guy to twenty wins already if he wins anymore or even if he doesn't I I think Blake Snell has has done enough and been consistent enough twenty wins still matters you know it's funny like wins and losses with pitchers these days well the analytics isn't the thing but twenty and five is a thing absolutely right? and there's still something about wins that matters to me. Well, to me too, and I know like the sabermetrics people, they sort of quantify pitching in in different ways. And Brian Kenny, our buddy from from MLB Network, almost right. pays no attention to right. wins and losses. But I've always felt the same way, like plus and plus minus in hockey. Mm-hmm. Like to me, plus minus in hockey doesn't mean a lot unless it's really good or really bad. And then I think it does say something. And I feel the same way about wins and losses. I don't know that I can look at a guy who might be. 
you know, like a few years ago when Felix Hernandez won, you know, he was like 14 and 12 or whatever, but his ERA was ridiculous and everybody knew he was the best pitcher in baseball. He sort of threw out the record. But like I said, if a guy's losing 20 games, like Chris Archer almost did a couple of years ago, I think that says something. A guy who wins 20 games, that means something. And and I agree with you. 20 and 5, that's that means a guy's going out there pretty much. And the thing is, it's not like they're winning these games 9-7. You're right. They go out there and it's 3 nothing, 4 nothing, 5 nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. he's, he's been a phenomenal pitcher for them. Boy, this team's going to win 90 games. Uh, 90. I, I'm it's, stunned. It's Tom, stunned. I'm stunned. It is. I, I have no I've never seen anything. I think, I, truly, I believe this. Baseball has not paid enough attention to the Rays. And it's because they're so buried in the American League East, it's not even fair. They would be leading two divisions and tied for the lead in the third. Um, you know, they, they'd be the easy wild card, you know, um, Except you know this year with the Yankees right. and, and the A's. I mean the A's are just as as good a story as there is in in baseball too. Because every time the Rays win, the A's win. Except the other night. I I'm telling you, you know we're we're prone to you know what we see last, and you know that's sort of we jump on it, especially as media and stuff. But but tell me when you've got superstars or, or you know not superstars, but when you've got young players like William Adams and Jake Bowers that haven't played a complete season, a full season in the major leagues, and you're this good already and your minor leagues are winning i really think this team's gonna win a world series and soon i'm just i'm all on the race train man i'm all kevin cash now i'm all kumbaya with the organization i think eric nander's a genius tell me i'm wrong tell me what i'm seeing you're is not, not i you know i was listening to the broadcast here night with dave and andy and they were and and andy freed said something that i absolutely agreed with is as exciting and as fun as this is and you can make a case this is as fun a season as we've seen with the Tampa yes. Bay Rays. I would say, you know, the 2008 oh, wait. season obviously, obviously was yeah. special, and it came out of nowhere, and they won the world. It went to the World Series, but this was so unexpected that to see mm-hmm. what they're doing has been a great joy. But as Andy said, what's really exciting about this is thinking about the future, about what the next couple of years. Oh. There's here. I mean, here we are in September, late September, September 20th. Yeah, I really should be back at school. <laughs> Teed me up on that one. Exactly. They're playing meaningful baseball games. They're, these games still mean something. They're probably not gonna. They're not. They're not gonna make it. I don't think. But they're. Right. It's not out of the realm of possibility. It's still. It's still possible. And it's getting exciting already to start thinking about next season that they actually could compete. They actually. I mean, you. Yeah, you're excited games. before this year is over to get to spring training. That that's yeah. when you know you have a good ball club. I mean, if you think this team, if this team is on pace to win ninety or whatever, ninety, yeah, why can't why can't they win ninety five next year? Why can't they, you know, ten, with a full season with these guys, Bowers and Adams? Yeah. Maybe they, you know, maybe you could start legitimately thinking like, hey, this might this team might win a hundred games next year. Well, and how yeah. how about if you don't start four and twelve? Right. You know, I mean, they buried themselves, you know, one so and far eight or one and nine or whatever they started. Yeah, it was horrible, and and so. You know, all that, you know, it's going to be tough to make the 40-man roster next year, let alone the 25. Um, you know, they're obviously going to get some pitching back. Um, at some point, guys are going to get healthy that they were counting on, and they'll add to it, and they have money to add to it because they have such a young team. They'll actually have some money perhaps to to, to get a key free agent or two, which is going to be great for them, Let's too. Build that I'm, stadium. Let's go. Got to get it done. And I was out in Ebor the other day, and I was thinking, you know what? This isn't a bad place for a ballpark. I'm, I'm all in on Ebor <laughs> City right now because it was really close to my house. It's never Closer been a better time to be a Tampa Bay sports fan. Think about it, man. Bucks two You're and right. all. Fitz, Fitzpatrick. You're you got right. The lighting getting ready. Oh, uh, they're the falling apart. 
Yeah, they're, oh, they're apart. yeah. Well, they're. I, I read into I read into Julia Bourgeois at the end of the first period on game the first preseason game. They're down two nothing. I said clearly you guys are missing Eisenman already. I think he, <laughs> I think he thought it was funny. He probably didn't think sure. it. Yeah, I said that yesterday on the podcast. It is, I, there's no way Eisenman they start this way. This team's going to help. That's right. Um, but they, they, yeah, it is a good time to be a, a, a sports fan. Now my last USF, last, USF three and zero. Yeah. Yeah. So. All the state teams in the NFL, by the way, are undefeated. How about that for the first yeah, time? Yeah, first time. Yeah, two and zero. Yeah. Two and zero. And Jacksonville, boy, I I was wrong about them. I thought, okay, they're coming back to earth this year. Like that yeah. win over New England was impressive to me. Yeah, it was. It was. It was solid. Blake Bortles was good. They didn't have Leonard Fournette, and they still they still did them. Their defense is elite. Um, it was a hot day though, and and if you're going to get New England, get them on a hot day early in the season. I mean, the Bucks almost beat them last year. You know, nineteen to fifteen. I think they lost, but um, but yeah, that's. Uh, Look, that, that dynasty up there in New England can't last forever, right? So at some point, somebody's got to topple them. College football, wrap up on this. Florida is uh, playing Tennessee. Tennessee's awful, right? Florida's going to yeah, win that Florida, game? Yeah, Florida will win that game. Yeah, Florida should win that game. I like Dan Mullen. I like what they're doing. And mm-hmm. the Kentucky loss was a was a That was a bad one. one. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I, they're going to win. They'll win eight or nine games this year. For yeah, me, I, I think so. Uh, your your man Willie Taggart, however, they're not going off down. To such a good start to Northern Illinois. Yes, well, I'm, I'm calling it. I'm calling it. Northern wow. Illinois will win that game. Northern Illinois will win that game. They got a great pass rush. They're leading the MAC in sacks. Well, Florida State line. can't stop anybody offense on the offensive line. No. I think this is going to be they've what they've scored. Now they've played. They throw one out the game touchdown. Against, they've scored one touchdown, yeah, one touchdown against, against against Division One teams, like real teams. Yeah. Yeah, and there and it's a mess right now. I, no, I'm not ready to look. I've said all along. I thought Willie <laughs> T was over his head. I <laughs> thought it was a bad hire. Call for his now, job, not, Tommy. I'm not ready for. I'm not ready to fire him just yet. I think. I'm curious. What do you think would their record be right now with Jimbo? Would they? Would they? Would they still be one and two with Jimbo? Or do I mean, you think they win one of those two games? I mean, it's possible. I don't know that his. Look, I. It's hard to quantify like what the coaching change has done. And, and and you know how many players were left? Not you know how how many of his guys versus Jimbo's guys. That wasn't a good football team. A lot of those offensive linemen were bad last year, and they're even they're bad this year. And they've had some injuries on top of that. So I mean, they might. I mean, what could they be? Two and it'll be one game better, maybe. You know what I mean? Like they might have. But the thing is, like that, like that Syracuse tuned. game. They, yeah, oh. that Syracuse game was embarrassing. They couldn't. Oh. that's Syracuse. And. Yeah. The the other part of me though thinks that he's trying to change everything that they're doing. They're trying to run this up tempo offense, you know, ten seconds between plays and all that. They clearly don't have the personnel to do that. It doesn't look like it to me. They look, nope. They look like they're just. He actually uh, should go back before what he had at USF before he went to the spread and it worked. He should go back now and run the Stanford offense and just start running power O. Um, and trying to keep keep their offense on the field and keep their defense fresh a little bit for a Either while. Either that or get the boosters off his back long enough to say, look, we're going to struggle until I get my guys in here to play the style yeah, that they I don't want to care. Be able to play. They don't, they they don't, don't care. care. You know that. But here's the thing. Like, there was a little thing the other day, and I, maybe there was more to it than this. So they, they, had, a, they had a situation where they were, they were punting, and it was like fourth and 18 or something like that, and they're punting from their own 35, and this is Florida State. And they – it was like a 25-yard net punt. Well, they got Syracuse got called for running into the kicker, and they declined the penalty. And I'm like, why would you decline that penalty? It's just little things like that. And at the end of the first half, you you run out of, you have the ball, you're driving, you no timeouts, and everybody runs a pattern inbounds, and and the clock runs out when you could have kicked the field goal. It's just little things like that start piling up, and then you start thinking. 
Does he know what he's doing? You know, is he? Yeah, it looked bad. He had some game management issues for sure. Yeah. He's not getting much help, you know, either in the press box or on the sideline or something. Because when that starts happening, it just compounds everything, and, and you know, you you look like you're lost on the sideline. But I, well, they'll be circling this weekend because I I think I'm telling you, Northern Illinois is going to take him out. Uh, if they lose that game, though, you might get people call for his job. Well, I remember, at, remember who was it? Was was uh, Florida State? Will Muschamp lost to somebody bad. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who it was. And of course, Willie T lost to McNeese State the one time. Right. It's you know, those are the type of losses that get you, man. Those are the ones yeah. that people with boosters remember when it's when it's time to hire or fire people. USF East Carolina, they did care of them, right? I think so. That was a nice win last week. Well, I'm not sure what to make of USF. I know they have two Power Five wins now, uh, but Georgia. Te- I don't think Georgia Tech's that great. And I know Illinois. I know not Illinois is not very good. Yeah, yeah. and they all. Well, they, that on, Illinois should have won now, that game. <laughs> they should have. Should we have won? Yeah, we should have won. At Soldier Field, where Lovey Smith had his grandest moments, he. I like that losing. beard. He's got the second best beard right. in football behind Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't know. It's kind of a Papa Smurf kind of a. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Looks I don't like know Grady how to from, uh, get Grady from San Francisco. Uh, I don't really know. I mean, it's just white. It's just kind of. It's a big thing on campus. So people, like, people are wearing like yeah, uh, beards yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Eh, it won't be. <laughs> Listen, he, he's. Uh, I think this could be it for Lovey this year. I don't think it's working. Well, they're three. I mean, and at one some point, now, you got to you got to win more than great. you got to win more than four or five games a year, right? right I mean, they're going to yeah, get their big. They're they're playing Penn State. They're not winning there. No. They're going to have to show some Big Ten wins here. Who are they beating? Rutgers. Yeah. Who yeah, those don't, that doesn't count. You can't be just be beat up on Maryland or Rutgers, or whatever. Yeah, at some I mean, point you have to take out a, a Penn State or a Wisconsin, or you know at least threaten to beat Michigan or something. Yeah. You know? So your wins are over Kent State, and you know I mean, and you you lose to USF. Um, yeah, it's not good, man. It's really not good for Lovey Smith. <laughs> I, I don't feel sad for him, but and then UCF plays FAU, which is always great to see Lane Kiffin. It should Kiffin. be a fun game. UCF's been on, you know, they were supposed to play last week. They had their game canceled cuz they were supposed to play North Carolina, yeah. So yeah. Um, they'll destroy FAU, I think. You think so? Yeah, FAU yeah. didn't look good against Oklahoma. But Oklahoma's really good. So. Yeah. I'll tell you, I watched just real quick Rick on college football. I watched Alabama play at Old Miss. They were surgical, and it was actually and I'm not an Alabama guy. I actually thoroughly enjoyed watching just how good they were. Like just they totally dismantled Ole Miss, and I was in awe of them. And I thought to myself, this – and there were some – I remember watching some Miami teams in the 80s and some Nebraska teams before that. I looked at this Alabama team, and I'm like, that I can't imagine – and I know Ole Miss isn't any good, but I, I can't Actually, imagine – Actually, I thought they a, would give them a game. I mean, I, for I a while I can't imagine there, there's thought... a team out there that's as, that is anywhere close to being as good I mean, as there's only – to me, there's only two teams that have a chance to take them down. It would be Clemson. Yeah. Um, even though Clemson looks vulnerable at times, and and I don't know, maybe another SEC team like Georgia. I mean, maybe. you could may, maybe Ohio State makes a run if I was Ohio, Ohio State. Together. That's yeah, absolutely. But, well, yeah. I mean, who well, knows? you know that Herb's going to be in the national championship game, right? You can write That's that just, story now. <laughs> you're right. I mean, but because I, it's, it's going to be that watching way. them, watching them play though, watching Alabama. That quarterback is sensational. Tua's right? great. Yeah, and he's one of the better throwers. Yeah, defensively, they they. Stop everybody! It, I, I tell you, I was just so impressed with how good they were that I enjoyed watching them. Like I said, just to, just dismantle Ole Miss. It was actually fun to watch how good a football team can be. Another national championship with Nick Saban. What a joy that'll be for a week, <laughs> wherever that thing is. Greatest coach Jeez. ever, no doubt. I'm telling you. Hey, Tommy, great to be with you, man. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, sure thing, man. Talk to you soon.
Always great to visit with Tom Jones. Uh, we got the Rays beginning a four-game series today in Toronto. We'll get to see outfielder Austin Meadows. Remember, he was part of that trade with the Pirates in the Chris Archer deal. And the Bucs begin preparations for their Monday night game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hey, get your mailbag questions ready for us as well. We'd love for you uh, to send those to us. You can do that on Twitter. Send them to us uh, at SportsDayTB, at SportsDayTB, or you can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. And remember, if you want to save some money on your electric bills, you could save 90 to 95% right now if you'll just go to May Electric Solar, a locally owned company. They have a 25-year warranty on all their equipment and labor. You want to make sure that you call them now at 727-819-2862. That's 727-819-2862. May Electric Solar. Our thanks again to Tom Jones. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. For Steve Verstenick, have a great day, everybody. 15,178 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4x